Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLevs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Ladies and gentlemen in the audience, we extend a warm welcome to you, inviting you to tune in to our Saturday night program punctually. Our guest for today's podcast is a familiar face, Dr. Benjamin Smith. Let's greet him with enthusiastic applause. Welcome, Benjamin. Thank you, Connie, and good evening. It's a pleasure to see you once again. I appreciate your gracious invitation. I'm truly excited to be here. Welcome once more, Benjamin. As we discussed earlier, Hematopoiesis refers to the process of forming blood cell components. All blood cells originate from hematopoietic stem cells. The initial site of hematopoiesis is the yolk sac, which later transitions to other tissues during embryonic development. Today, we will delve into the developmental stages of liver hematopoiesis, bone marrow, and spleen. These stages are influenced by the migration of hematopoietic stem cells to these later sites of hematopoiesis. Let's begin by exploring liver hematopoiesis. That's precisely my line of thought. Based on lineage tracing studies, the liver emerges from the ventral foregut endoderm. Signals from the pericardium and septum transversum mesenchyme prompt the ventral foregut endoderm to proliferate and adopt a hepatic identity. During fetal development, the liver stroma consists of cells expressing epithelial, mesenchymal, and vascular smooth muscle characteristics. These cells provide the necessary support for the extended growth of hematopoietic stem cells. Their presence in the liver coincides with the phase of hepatic hematopoiesis. As fetal development progresses and hematopoiesis decreases towards late gestation, these cells are gradually replaced by epithelial cells resembling mature hepatocytes, along with a small number of myofibroblasts. Thank you for the informative overview. Could you please share when hematopoietic stem cells initially appear in the liver and what becomes of them? When fetal liver was transplanted beneath the kidney capsule of adult mice, hepatic tissue survived. However, this fetal liver, isolated before embryonic day 9.5, lacked any hematopoietic components. Introducing hematopoietic cells into the circulation of recipient mice resulted in the multilineage engraftment of hematopoiesis within the transplanted fetal liver. Liver grafts isolated after embryonic day 9.5 exhibited independent hematopoiesis. This indicates that the entry of hematopoietic stem cells into the liver occurs between embryonic days 9.5 to 10. As we mentioned earlier, primitive erythroid progenitor cells are represented by burst-forming unit erythroid, while later-stage erythroid progenitor cells are represented by colony-forming unit erythroid. In humans, the number of burst-forming unit erythroid drastically decreases in the yolk sac at a certain point. Concurrently, they emerge in the liver, indicating a directed migration. The definitive burst-forming unit erythroid and colony-forming unit erythroid produced in the yolk sac do not undergo differentiation. They most likely seed the fetal liver, quickly establishing definitive erythropoiesis. 
Moreover, during the onset of hepatic hematopoiesis, a substantial number of colony-forming uterine erythroid and burst-forming uterine erythroid appear simultaneously. Preceding liver development, the embryonic blood contains a significant quantity of definitive hematopoietic progenitor cells. All right, let's discuss how hematopoietic stem cells proliferate within the fetal liver. According to long-term competitive repopulation assays, hematopoietic stem cells are detected in the liver by embryonic day 12. Cell numbers exhibit a 38-fold increase until embryonic day 16, followed by a subsequent decline. Additionally, studies involving limiting dilution and long-term repopulation assays have demonstrated at least one type of stem cell. These stem cell numbers experience a 50-fold increase on embryonic day 12 and then a 250-fold increase on embryonic day 13. This concurs with competitive repopulation data observed in the liver, circulation, aortogonad mesonephros region, and yolk sac by embryonic day 11. Mouse fetal liver hematopoietic stem cells exhibit a 24-hour seeding efficiency of approximately 10% when transplanted into adult bone marrow. This is comparable to the seeding efficiency of adult bone marrow hematopoietic stem cells. How can we interpret these figures? The explanation could involve colonization from the aortogonad mesonephros. However, by embryonic day 12, the yolk sac notably contributes. Furthermore, these hematopoietic stem cells may not necessarily require processing within the aortogonad mesonephros, but could mature in their original locations. In terms of providing long-term lymphomyeloid regeneration in adult mice, fetal liver hematopoietic stem cells exhibit higher efficiency. Additionally, fetal hematopoietic stem cell clones yield three times the cell count of adult bone marrow hematopoietic stem cells. Generally, which types of cells colonize the liver? On one hand, it appears that the liver is colonized by an initial wave of committed and multipotent progenitors, along with macrophages, primarily originating from the yolk sac. On the other hand, two waves of hematopoietic stem cells colonize the liver. The first wave arrives around embryonic day 10 through the aortogonad mesonephros from the yolk sac, peaking on embryonic day 11 and disappearing by embryonic day 13. The second wave, around embryonic day 12, originates directly from the yolk sac with a contribution from the placenta. Angioblasts may also migrate from the yolk sac into the liver, initiating hepatic angiogenesis. However, no evidence of hemangioblasts or hematopoietic endothelium in the fetal liver has been found. Additionally, sorted hepatic endothelial cells isolated just before the onset of hematopoiesis in the human liver lack hematopoietic potential. Your explanation is very lucid. It seems we now have a grasp of liver hematopoiesis. Let's shift our focus to bone marrow ontogeny. Benjamin, could you please provide a concise overview of bone marrow development? Certainly. Perichondrial mesenchymal cells and blood vessels invade the calcified cartilage zone within the central region of long bones. This marks the inception of the marrow cavity. Vascular endothelial growth factor is secreted by hypertrophic chondrocytes, facilitating the penetration of vascular cells into the perichondrium. 
This leads to the emergence of osteogenic precursor cells and circulating hematopoietic cells, including primitive macrophages. The process of cartilaginous matrix resorption continues, giving rise to a marrow cavity resembling a network of connective tissue and a widely expanded venous plexus. Thank you for the informative introduction. So, how does bone marrow hematopoiesis initiate? And when does it commence in embryos of different species? Bone marrow hematopoiesis initiates with the accumulation of undifferentiated basophilic blast cells within the dilated marrow capillaries. This process begins at embryonic day 11 to 12 in chicks, embryonic day 17 in mice, and embryonic day 70 to 77 in humans. Subsequently, distinct regions emerge for erythropoiesis and granulopoiesis. Through avian parabiosis studies, it has been observed that circulating stem cells colonize the developing marrow from embryonic day 11 to 12 onward. In a study where tritiated thymidine labeled embryonic yolk sac or spleen cells were injected intravenously into chick embryos, a significant number of labeled blast cells localized in the marrow by embryonic day 11. When these cells were introduced into irradiated embryos, they also repopulate the marrow. In mice, hematopoietic stem cells arise in the femoral marrow by embryonic day 17. Their numbers double every 34 hours. Additionally, the marrow gradually enlarges during the first two months after birth in mice, which coincides with a decline in hepatic hematopoiesis during the initial week of life and a subsequent decline in splenic hematopoiesis after the third week. I had previously heard that fetal liver stem cells play a role in populating the bone marrow. Are there studies that support this perspective? Absolutely. In these studies, retroviral vectors were injected into rats in utero at embryonic day 16. Clonal identification of viral integration sites revealed that fetal liver-derived clones persisted in the marrow and circulated throughout the animal's life. Marrow-stromal cells produce stromal cell-derived factor 1, known for its role in chemotaxis of adult chemokine receptor CXCR4-positive hematopoietic stem cells. Moreover, mice with an inactivated CXCR4 or stromal cell-derived factor 1 pathway show impaired development of marrow hematopoiesis. This strongly suggests that the initial migration of hematopoietic stem cells is also dependent on stromal cell-derived factor 1. So, in the sequence of events, bone marrow hematopoiesis follows liver hematopoiesis. What about the ontogeny of the spleen? The early stages of spleen development involve dense syncytial-like mesenchymal thickening within the dorsal mesogastrium. This thickening contains interspersed vascular spaces where circulating blood comes into contact with mesenchymal reticulum cells. In the initial stages, large immature cells are present both in the vascular spaces and the paravascular mesenchyme of the spleen. These cells are characterized by intense cytoplasmic basophilia and prominent nucleoli. Within 24 hours, these basophilic cells disperse throughout the mesenchyme, often extending long cytoplasmic tails between reticulum cells. By 72 hours, granulopoiesis becomes pronounced, along with foci of erythropoiesis. Lymphopoiesis initiates around the time of birth, followed by a gradual decline in myelopoietic activity. When did the cells start colonizing the spleen? 
Studies involving sex chromosome markers in parabiosed and twin embryos offer insights. These studies revealed extensive chimerism in the splenic rudiments of chick embryos by embryonic day 12. Cell labeling studies indicated that circulating cells began colonizing the avian spleen rudiments as early as embryonic day 8. This suggests the presence of splenic colonizing cells in the yolk sac and circulation at the onset of splenic hematopoiesis. Moreover, thymic lymphocytes labeled with tritiated thymidine were effectively localized in the spleen starting from embryonic day 17, aligning with the initiation of lymphopoiesis. The cells initially colonizing the mammalian spleen rudiment are likely derived from the fetal liver, given that the aortogonad mesonephros and yolk sacs cease to be hematopoietic at this stage, and the bone marrow is not yet developed. By the way, hematopoietic stem cells were identified in the splenic rudiment by embryonic day 15. During the initial three weeks after birth, the absolute number of stem cells increases before gradually declining as the spleen transitions away from being a myelopoietic organ. Your insights have been invaluable, Benjamin. This discussion has covered the ontogeny of liver hematopoiesis, bone marrow, and spleen. We trust our listeners have enjoyed this podcast. We'll conclude here today, eagerly looking forward to exploring more captivating topics in our next session. Until then, goodbye. Thank you. We hope to see you next time.